Hello and welcome to this AFL Live. I'm your host, Alison Smirnoff, and I'm joined via Zoom by my co-hosts, Susan Cadman. Hello, everybody. And Rachel Hibbert. Hello. So um, I think we actually, we did record an episode <laughs> uh, when the season had got called off. Uh, mm. we, we recorded it over Zoom and I think I edited about half of it and then I just never finished it. So <laughs> that one can be like a fan fate, you know, a fan prize one day, maybe. Yeah. Like maybe like some director's cut or something, you know, down the track or something. I do remember having lots of whiskeys that one. So maybe if you just keep that one, actually, yeah. maybe keep that one tucked away. That's probably best. <laughs> That's right. I forgot about that. Maybe I'd had 17 whiskeys. <laughs> probably. <laughs> so I think that was back in, April, March, yeah, April? end of March, early March. April. Yeah. Wow, how much has changed since then? So now we are in mid-August, second lockdown, stage four restrictions. Uh, I just wanted to start the show by just checking in with you both. You know, what have you been up to? How are you feeling? It's been. Um, I've been very busy. I'm. I'm a very fortunate. Very fortunate to have a job still, and my job has been very busy, and I've been throwing myself into that. So that's been good and bad. Um, riding the roller coaster as the rest of, as you know, all of us are of that. Um, being okay some days and hating life the others. But um, as much as I hate to say it, I have to say that AFLM being on has been good, a good distraction for me um, to have sports back no matter how I, f- I felt very strongly about it um, prior to lockdown, but um, I've definitely come around to it as a way of filling my time and watching something I enjoy. So I feel I have mixed feelings about how I feel about that, but that's pretty much all I've been doing. Not much so many feelings, Caddy. So many feelings. So many feelings. Um, I got well on board the Corona Coaster uh, in lockdown one and landed myself unemployed. And so just had to kind of um, figure out what, uh, what we, what was the next move for me. Um, so by July, I'd moved home to my parents' house and um, for anyone playing along at home, I'm currently sitting in a mauve um, bedroom, which I painted <laughs> in 2002. So um, yes, that's me. <laughs> Help. <laughs> what about you, Al? Tell us about you. What, what have you and Ripley been up to? Yeah, well, I yes, yeah, so I live on my own. So um, second round of lockdown is, you know, it's interesting. I, I was uh, over a few gins last night. I was telling my friends how I just would really like to be held for about five minutes. <laughs> yes. Ripley, Ripley, Ripley doesn't quite do the job. Ripley is great, but she's the little spoon. You know, she can't, she can't hold me. So, yeah, so that, um, look, yeah, look, it's been really interesting. I mean, I've, I've, again, it is, it is a Corona coaster. Some days are really bleak. Other days I feel really good. Um, an interesting thing for me is that I've been exercising a lot, which is, mm. which is, um, which has surprised me because <laughs> I've always had a, I've had an interesting relationship to exercise, but it's, um, 
but it's kind of been nice that, you know, when I've been left to my own devices, like that's what I've chosen to do. And, and, um, and I feel good afterwards. So, uh, yeah, that's kind of where I'm at, but yeah, it's, it's up and down and, and I just, I'm trying to really focus on just being kind to myself. You know, if, if I'm struggling with motivation, then that's okay. Mm. I, th- I honestly think that'll be one of the biggest lessons that we as Melburnians take from this is that downtime, uh, downtime is kind and not doing anything is totally fine. Um, and that in fact, sometimes boredom can be the best thing for us because it means that we are actually having that downtime, which is super important to kind of reset and saying that you don't always feel like that when you're being told to not do anything. Sometimes you get a little bit grumpy about the fact that you're told to not do anything, but um, yeah, I agree. I, I think, yeah. Yeah. And I think especially for those who move in footy circles, you know, like life is pretty busy when it comes to trying to juggle life, work, footy. Um, footy becomes a bit all-consuming, especially on your weekends, you know, it takes it all up and it's been really I'm actually like really falling into that routine on the weekends, especially of like not having to wake up and do a thousand things in my days and just being okay with, you know, my one hour of, you know, strategically planning my one hour of yard time, as I like to call it. (laughs) Um, And then that being like, you know, the most, you know, that, that's it. That's all you have to worry about. It's just such a mindset switch. And I think it's really interesting I think for all the struggles that this second round of lockdowns has been for people, I think people are possibly doing better with that way of thinking than before. Um, yeah. On a, on a scale of one to 10, how much are we missing footy and the footy club? Oh, the footy club so much, like nine. Some days, some days it's a nine, some days it's like a five, but mostly nine. Some days I I don't miss it on a Tuesday or a Thursday night when it's raining and I'm at home in my pajamas. I'm like, poor, good decision, Hibber. Didn't have to go to training. Um, but on the Saturday mornings when I wake up and I don't have that, I guess, routine of getting up, having breakfast, going off to a game and the recovery and all that kind of stuff, I'm a little bit bored. But um, on those days, it's a twelve. So we average out at about a seven, I reckon. What about you, Al? Yeah, look, I'm yeah, like I, I, I'm I'm missing the the people that you see really regularly just because you go to footy, and now that footy's not on, you're not seeing those people. So you know, so I'm miss, I'm missing the community more than anything. Um, but yeah, like I, I think I'm yeah, I'm I'm probably about a seven. Like I'm I'm coping. Yeah. I'm coping. The, the community is definitely the thing I think that for me is the hook as well just the um you know I think you don't realize as you move through a footy season just how much socializing you're doing and how many people you actually do connect with without real you know without even knowing you know you're even connecting with like that under 12s coach who takes the training before you and you're always sort of saying g'day on the way past and stuff even that kind of interaction you just don't have anymore yeah, how, how is Liam? I want to know how Liam is. <laughs> <laughs> I've counted that I've, in the last at least fortnight, I've interacted 
with five humans. Yeah. That scares me. It's interesting, isn't it? That scares me. But that's that's lockdown life. How's the extrovert in you going, Hibba? Um, she's okay. She's somewhere in there. Uh, <laughs> extroverted Hibba has had to take a holiday. So I've just realised that extroverted Hibba is on break. She's somewhere in the Bahamas having a really good time. And the person who is in front of you right now is not extroverted Hibba. She will talk to anything, but largely because she hasn't been talking to anything. Yeah. Well, you're doing well. You're doing great. I feel for all my extrovert friends, honestly. (laughs) I always have an extra thought for them. I'm like, oh. Yeah. The the extroverts are not okay. (laughs) No, we're not. We're not. (laughs) We're really not. And I'm at my parents' house in my childhood bedroom. Anyway, good to check in with everyone. Something has been happening in the world of AFLW over the last week. The AFLW trade period has just wrapped up and I have a feeling that we all might have some feelings about it. But um, just going through the list of trades, there were 18 in total and there there was lots of player movement. So I believe, Rachel, you have a running spreadsheet of all the trades that went down. So do you want to lead the discussion? I can try. I can just try, Alison, but here we go. Um, (laughs) I have a feeling, Al, that you'll be quite pleased with the trade situation that came out of uh, the Melbourne Demons, um, considering that you are a diehard Carlton fan. Um, We've had a couple of really, really big names land at Carlton um, for the 2021 season in Elise O'Day and Maddie Guerin as well, who's a young gun um coming off injury but she's more determined than i had ever anticipated um to to see off an injury like that um so she's she's rolled over to carlton and carlton have traded uh sarah hosking to richmond and jade van dyke to the saints so um they've also delisted uh four of their 2020 players in uh, katie harrison shani whiting Joanne Doonan from Ireland and Emerson Woods. Do we have any thoughts about what we will be seeing from Carlton in in 2021? Well, I think Carlton are the big winners from this trade period. Um, You know, Sarah Hosking obviously is a loss from the midfield, but if, you know, you bring in, you bring in uh, Elise O'Day and, and Maddie Guerin, I mean, they're just amazing gets. And, and, and what I, what I, can't get my head around is that they used the pick 15 that they got from Richmond to get those two players. It's amazing. Like <laughs> it's their list manager has done an incredible job at realizing, you know, what was coming out of the, out of the draft and what you could potentially pick up from, from experienced players already in the system who were looking for another opportunity and to, to grasp that and to give them that opportunity is so great for Carlton and the, their midfield is going to be so thankful. You imagine, oh God, the midfield of having like Prasparkas and June, Elise O'Day and like, God, it's just going to be, oh. Yeah, no, it's exciting because they've got such a, um, they're, they're young, the young players at Carlton are, are really exciting. And, 
you know, it, it's I've often said that that Carlton's midfield, you know, Chris Barker's aside, that, that they're all quite similar. They were kind of like kind of bash and crash midfielders like Loins and the Hoskins. But you bring in Elise O'Day into that. She's got some real polish. She's mature, really, really experienced. Plus, she likes to kick a goal. I just think the addition of her to that midfield is just sublime. And, and, and Carlton had a great season. So I just, I'm, I don't want to put the moz on them, but I'm, I'm expecting big things from them next year. Yeah, I think it's a smart it's a smart move by them because they did have such a good year um, to build with experienced players rather than look to the youth. Like they're obviously thinking they're at a place where they get they're about there. You know, they should really be going, you know, having a real crack. Like they obviously in the grand final, they did really well last. You know, for whatever we take out of this season, is that they did play really well. Um, and I think it's a really yeah, it's smart smart recruiting. I think it's very clear what their strategy is. And I think they've done, yeah, like we said, they've done really well. It'd be interesting to see who they do pick up in the draft as well, just to complement some of those younger players. Um, but yeah, it should be a quick, um, quick midfield. I don't think they've lost it, lost out at all in losing Hosking too much really. Um, so yeah. And on, on the, on the flip side of that, because Carlton have gained experience from, from um, those trades, you do have to wonder what's happening over at Melbourne and the the fact that they're um, taking so many draft picks as, as an opportunity to rebuild their list. That's what it's been labelled as. And Todd Patterson, their list manager, has been um, quoted in quite a few different um, media articles saying that they're looking to rebuild um, their team after some, some of these departures. What do we think about um, the fact that there were quite a few... Um, trades from Melbourne, including uh, and in additional to um, the delisting of um, experienced Ainsley Kemp. Um, yeah, what, what, what's the thought there? I think there's, I mean, I think there's a lot in it. I think, and there's a few elements. Unlike AFLM, AFLW clubs um, are really supportive of girls that want to switch clubs. You know, they, they enable it. Um, Elise O'Day is an example, wanted a fresh start and Melbourne have, you know, have facilitated that for her. And it, it happens really easily at AFLW level. And I think that's a really good thing. Um, the other little element I think is that uh, the word is that this, um, this Victorian draft is really, really, really strong. And, and a lot of the media coming out of Melbourne is that they wanted to improve their draft position, get, a host of early picks to really, um, you know, go to the draft. And, and, and I guess the third element is like, we're just looking at it as last season to next season, whereas recruiting teams and list management teams, you know, they have multi-year plans. So I, I guess, I mean, on the surface, it looks like there's been a lot of players leave, but, you know, for Melbourne's sake, fingers crossed that maybe it's just part of a plan that they have. And, and when you actually look at the the list um, in that last and second last game that they played, one which was a final and the last was the, the last normal round, unfortunately for Melbourne, due to their um, huge amounts of injuries that they sustained, the only two players who were in that starting lineup for the last two games are Elise O'Day and Harriet Cordner. And the people that were traded 
Um, so we've got um, BJ, Bianca Jacobson, we've got um, Smitty, we've got Alicia Newman, we've got um, Maddie Gearin and then Ainsley Kemp, who was delisted. All of those players weren't actually featured in the last two rounds. So when we have a look at, like you said, what's being built on, it's actually a really good foundation. Imagine, you know, putting the, the next generation of superstars in there um, with those players. It will be, yeah, pretty strong regardless of how many people that they've had to trade. I think that um, just going through those players, like that's a, that's, a, that's a lot of experience though that walks out the door. Mm. So, cool. yeah, it's interesting. I mean, I think personally, like I remember watching, uh, coming from not knowing her at all, but watching Alicia Newman play a game, like two, I think one of her first games that she played and she was the quickest player I've ever seen. Like she was unbelievable, like shooting out the wing um, and very creative footballer as well. And just like an absolute, like that footy sense that not everybody has, you know, I think she really genuinely has that. Um, I think that she's a really big out for them as well as like a young player. She's pretty young as well. Um, and she's off to Richmond, isn't she? Collingwood. Collingwood. Oh yeah. yeah. Wow. Okay. Um, um, thank you for the, and thank you for the, um, segue there <laughs> you're welcome i'm here oh, please wow. collingwood um you're right you're absolutely right she's an enormous speedster um and she had such bad luck with some head injuries there that just left her unable to take the field at the latter half of the season far out collingwood are just building season upon season they are just building they've lost Sarah Darcy, Katie Lynch and Sarah Dargan um, to Richmond and to Western Bulldogs. But when you put in Chloe Malloy, Brown and Davey, Shani Layton, now we've got this speed of Alicia Newman and Sarah Rowe. Wow. I'm also expecting large things from them. Their list is good. I think, yeah. Collingwood didn't do a lot, did they, in this period, but they did in terms of gaining, but and they obviously, I think, are same the same deal, a bit of the old guard looking for something new, which I think we've already touched on. I think it's it's a great thing, should be encouraged, um, especially in a developing league, to spread some of that, you know, fresh, um, the old legs into, an, into a team to sort of freshen things up and, and help support development of teams. But... Um, Wow, yeah, Collingwood. I think Collingwood's list is pretty. It's pretty strong. Um, I mean, any list with Chloe Malloy on it's pretty bloody good. Yeah, Sarah Darcy is a is a big loss, though. I think huge gain for Richmond. Yeah, yes. I, you know, you talk about a a loss for a club, but I think, um, I think the fact of Richmond where where they started at the at the beginning of the season and the fact that it didn't really feel like they progressed a, a whole lot throughout the season. I think Sarah Darcy coming into that team along with Sarah Hosking and um, far out, they will have four Sarahs on their team. <laughs> lucky lucky uh, that no one ever gets called by their first name at footy, hey? Yeah. <laughs> Sarah who? Um, yeah, like, so... Richmond. Like, so anyway, just, I know we've just touched on Collingwood, but Richmond, what is in the water down there that's getting them all over there? But that, see, that recruiting has been excellent because they've identified exactly what they needed, which was that experience, um, ready-to-go experience leadership material that they needed to inject. And I think they've done very, very well. Um, yeah. Probably a little bit more, a little bit to go, but I think very great. It'll be 
if they can pull that together, that will be, it will be a much better year for them next year already. Mm. Mm-hmm. Well, even adding those bookends in Darcy and Cordner, like that's, that just straightens them up so much. Doesn't it? Uh, and it gives you just a bit more flexibility about who you use through the middle. Yeah, th- those two in particular are really good gets. And I, I honestly think that if you've got Sarah Hosking in the middle um, and even Sarah Darcy, who's someone who's quite, quite a big body and someone who's quite athletic, you do have the capability to thrust Katie Brennan into the forward line and to use her as the tall demanding forward that she is. And I think maybe that's somewhere that, where they'll be able to move players around a little bit more because they have the potential to play in different positions. I'm so excited to see what comes out of Richmond this year, because I think as Caddy mentioned, the recruiting this year has been um, smart. Who do you think will be their coach? I got my money on Scotty. <laughs> yeah. Same. So, yeah. Yeah. Surely. I just think you can't lose someone who's had the experience in the system and experience with the team and girls with at an AFLW level. I think Tommy Hunter was really hard done by, to be honest, to um, go off the back of that season. Um, There was talk about Beck Goddard um, going to to Richmond, but um, I'm throwing my money on on Scott Gowans, to be honest. Did you guys read Beck Beeson's piece that was... Mm. Um, published in the Guardian. Yep. Really fascinating, and it's it's not stating anything any of us don't know. Um, the fact that they're part time athletes, they're part time professionals in other avenues of life. the The feeling that I'm getting off that piece is that if if there's not going to be a season, the the women of AFLW need to know now. Mm. Yeah. Because yeah. they've got other things happening. You yeah. can't have a teacher going up to a hub. Or a, or a nurse completely stopping all her shifts and not getting any, yeah. any money. So, yeah, what did you guys think about Beck Beeson's um, piece in The Guardian? Yeah, I loved it. It was great. We need more of that. We need to hear from female athletes more often. But she makes some really good points. Like, I don't know, we're just in such a interesting... <laughs> I hate using the word unprecedented, but... But we it's are a limbo. Yeah, it's a limbo. But we are like there's no there's there's no playbook for this, you know. And really, in the scheme of things, like competitive sport, you know, should be low on the list of priorities. <laughs> we should just worry about getting out of this pandemic. But yeah, like I, I just can't see how a I can't see how a hub system would work. I'm I'm really concerned about. You know, we've kind of touched on it. Like I'm really concerned about. Um, injury you know these girls usually play a winter season they've not played footy yet the Victorian based girls um, you know and then going straight into a hard pre-season like it's just there's just so much uncertainty in the air and I, I and I'm sure all of the players are feeling it and can I just say like when you t- I hadn't even considered that the, a hub would even be on the cards for the AFLW because it is costing them $3 million a week or whatever it is for the men. Mm. And you see what they're investing in the AFLM with the families and, you know, everything and the private flights and all of that business. And, and we all know that's not going to happen for AFLW. Like, let's just put it out there. That's just not on the, that's not on the cards. Mm. Um, they're not going to prioritise whatever it takes to get AFLW going. They're not at all. Um, it's just not going to be even – it's not even going to be discussed. Um, like, 
the worry is that the AFLW coaches and support staff are all going to be AFLM part-time. You know what I mean? Like they're going to give AFLM staff dual roles because they've all had to cut back to their 30 support staff. I can't remember the numbers, but um, I just think like the AFLW is in a really, really scary space. And I think, mm. I know Gil's done lip service and said, you know, it's going to happen, you know, but I think what, what does that mean? And when, when, they finally get this little footy festival <laughs> done with in the next few weeks and they really like once all the AFLM you know fallout comes down and they do their figures and then um you know see how restrictions are going are they gonna really prioritize AFLW and getting that going mm. I just can't see it like I hate to be the pessimist but yeah you know. yeah exactly and when you see a club like Geelong who oh, on the wow. surface you know really <sighs> seem to be really invested in their women's program. They make the head of women's football and pathways, they make that role redundant. Like that that's mm. not that's not that's not just standing someone down. That is making the role redundant. Yeah. Plus Natalie Wood, who was actually hired um as a full time coach, she's her role's been made redundant as well. I mean I No VFLW coach. Like what the hell? Yeah, like Exactly. It's just like scary times. Yeah. I mean, and I know there's going to be financial realities and it's it's going to really impact footy clubs hard, but the optics of making those two women redundant are just awful. I agree. I really agree. And such a shame because they were almost like the leading lights in that space. Like they really, yeah. really backed their VFLW team and they backed their women's program and they have the, they have, they, they have the community sport like Geelong as a Mm. town supports them Mm. really. You know, when you're driving to Geelong, um, Cranston is up on the billboard right there. Like it's not, it's not just women's roles who are being made redundant as well. It's Scott Gowans, the, the head coach of North program of both AFLW and VFLW cut and mm. and like Tommy Hunter from Richmond I don't know whether he was cut because it was of performance or whether it was a bit of performance and a bit of what's it called salary what's that called budget oh. <laughs> it's like what are you trying to say <laughs> money I've had one beer <laughs> also we've gone so off track I know. We I need know. to finish the teams go back to teams well I think we're talking about Richmond <laughs> Yeah, I mean, we can. What we can glance over, I think, is the fact that there wasn't a lot of movement out of North Melbourne, the Western Bulldogs, Geelong, and GWS. Yeah, yeah, agree. Uh, Interesting Uh, though, Grace Campbell from Richmond, who was quite hmm. good for them, has gone to North. Yeah, I mean, I found that interesting because I don't know what it's about. Yeah, I thought she was was really good. Yeah. How about St Kilda? St Kilda sort of lost a couple as well, didn't they? I was surprised actually, considering they're a new team. Um, and they, I'm just trying to find who. They had was... two. St Kilda had two retired in Emma Mackey and Courtney yeah. Munn. Yeah. Um, they had two trades, so they traded Alison Drennan to the Gold Coast and Jess Centenary to back to Adelaide from whence she came. Um, and three <laughs> D listings in Sammy Johnson, um, Melissa K 
Keys and Kelly O'Neill. So they've actually had a little bit of an exodus um, yeah. from, from St Kilda. So I wonder what Peter Searle's going to do with, with that. Yeah, I mean, I, I think that's... Hmm. I thought that was interesting um, considering they were just one season in um, and did really well. Like, how good were they? They were so impressive. Um, but, you know, when people are going back to where they came from, you know, yeah, especially at a time like this, it's really... I think sometimes some of these come down to that, which is, as we talked about, they're not professionals, you know, they've got lives and careers that they also need to pursue. And I think supporting that is the most important thing really. Mm. So perhaps there's a bit of that in there. Um, I think McCarthy from the Bulldogs to West Coast is pretty big. Why did she go? Well, she's Irish, yes. Yes, yes. Maybe she just wanted a bit more summer. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I mean, maybe she, maybe it's more likely that she's going to be able to get into Perth rather than <laughs> Maybe it might actually be <laughs> a point. border control. <laughs> <laughs> but then you've also got the Kelly sisters who are from, from Ireland who are also at West Coast. And I, I do wonder whether perhaps that had something to yeah. do with, with her point. going there. Um, Talking about West Coast, West Coast and Fremantle, like Fremantle had a mini ex, little exodus too, um, I thought. Or maybe it was just a couple of key names that I noticed. Um, a couple of trades. Breslin, yeah. A couple of trades. But, they, but they got Jess Trent, which I also found interesting. Like... I think, you know, again, AFLW, like it's a big move from Melbourne to Perth. Yeah. Yeah, Jess Trend is a large get for Freo because yeah. um, she's incredibly quick and she's had a year in the system and she knows how the Victorian teams function and every the ins and outs of those. So it might actually be quite good for Freo to get a, a head in, in their so, domain because they don't actually have anyone who's crossed over West Coast do, but no Freo team, uh, no one within the Freo hub really have... Um, now, anyway, they had Mia Ray, but um, apart mm. from that, that's the only in they really had. So, Caddy, really how, how do you feel about your Giants gaining My Giants. Catherine Smith? Yeah, I think good. Good. I mean, <laughs> I love I love a good defence, and I love and I think Giants have a good. They have a good defence, and adding another one, another string to their bow is good. Um, interesting how quiet they were, but. I don't know. At the same time, they've obviously got something up their sleeves. I'm wondering what they're, whether they're looking at the local talent. I have no idea. Um, I mean, I haven't been there for a few years now, but um, I'm wondering if they're waiting for just waiting for the draft and, and loading up that way. The thing with the Giants is it hasn't it hasn't worked bringing Melbourne in particular players up there. And there's been a few Adelaide players that have gone there. They tend to go for a year and then go get, come and go. And I'm wondering if there's a bit of that in um, a bit of resistance in that and trying to stick with what they've got. I don't know. I don't know. But, yeah, very quiet from them in the trade period. Very quiet. The ins I have from my ex-housemate is that they were planning as much as they could to hold on to the players that they had. Yeah. Um, obviously, Lisa Whiteley went back to, to Adelaide. Yeah. She's from there. So, again, yeah. in, in a time like this, you can't, um, yeah. you know. I think it's a, smart, it's a smart idea for them because they've had a bit of movement of, like I said, like people kind of coming for a year and 
coming. I bet if they're at the Giants, they feel a bit like they're giving people, giving them a platform, showing them how great a players there are and they're kind of almost getting poached back to where they came from. There's probably a little bit of that in them too. And I wonder if they, I mean, they do have a good list if they can just keep them together. So I'm like really pleased that they're going to try and stick with them and work with them and um, they've got a bit of talent there to work with. So, yeah, love my Giants. Me too. I love Orange and Charcoal. What a mixture. Best song. Best song. It's the the best song of any sporting team ever. Yeah. Big sound. Big, big sound. Um... Who else did Any I want retirements? to Any retirements that were a surprise? You know, a surprise retirement often means a, a delisting many times. Um, mm. Just having a little look through some of these more, more recent ones. I don't know. I mean, Anna T is interesting. Geelong, like, she's been a great to have around. I was reading an article that was sort of saying her, they indicated her body had kind of given up a bit, but... I mean, probably if that was the case, I mean, uh, she's been a true, like, um, you know, uh, athlete, you know, full-time athlete for a really long time. So um, mm. times maybe it's time to give it away or um, whatnot. But, yeah, I don't know. I think there's – I'm just looking at this. There's six, six players were delisted from West Coast, one retired. Like, that's a pretty big um, offloading interesting again with a new team um but if you know you don't know i mean you don't know what's happening in a club do you you really don't Um, i think also sometimes you know youngish players that that retire i think as well i mean again it's probably the nature of this competition and we and we sometimes see it in the vflw too is that you know sometimes some players find that the system is just not for them um the the, you know the level of commitment yeah. Like the commitment, even what we ask of VFLW players is enormous. And I guess the stage that we're at with this competition where it's, you know, it's semi-professional, it's for some individuals, it's probably just not for them. For them, and yeah. And that's, it's good. And like you do see now though, you do see some players sort of retiring, having a little time away and then trying to get back in. And I think that's much better than trying to fight it out, trying to st- Stay on a list and force enjoyment. You know, if you're not enjoying it, turning up every day and doing that, all of that extra, all the extra hard yards is much, it's a much better idea to acknowledge that it's not for you, take your time away and then, I mean, you can come back. Like, yeah. I think clubs welcome people who have already been in the system coming back, you know, more mature and, you know, have a bit more foot, whatever under their belt. Yeah, I think it's, yeah. I think we saw that out of um, Courtney, Courtney Gum as well. Not that she um, was a particularly youngster in terms of the books and on paper, but she um, obviously retired perhaps because she wasn't given another contract. I'm not entirely sure. but um, And then to be given another opportunity and to, to throw herself in for one more year, I just think that that's, you know, good on her and good on her for saying, all right, now I've done my dash, I'm, yeah. I'm out. Um, Sophie Lee from Adelaide was an interesting one. I didn't yeah, think that. What was that yeah, about? Yeah. I'm not sure. I know that she's from Adelaide and then came across to, to Carlton for a, mm. a year or two and then went back to Adelaide. So I'm not, not sure if that has anything to do with it, but, 
gosh, we're waffling, aren't we? We are waffling. What's new? <laughs> yeah, I know. I was like, do we have anything here? Gold Coast actually delisted five girls, which, again, is large for a new team. So yeah. they've obviously realised who was working for them and, and, and who wasn't. And it could be down to um, other things as well. You don't know what's happening behind the scenes. But, yeah, on paper they've delisted five five um of their inaugural players um and they've also sorry no sorry that's all right and they've also traded um a couple as well one to carlton and one to brisbane as well i think you do make a good point about that um maybe it isn't such a surprise to see some of these first year clubs having a bit of movement because it's really hard to know what you got until you're in it Mm. and i think you can, once you're sort of out the other side of it, you can really can reflect and see if, you know, maybe you didn't quite get the right mix or someone wasn't quite up to the task or, you know, and like you said, maybe they they themselves weren't up to it. So I think that's actually, upon reflection, I think you're right that it is actually not surprising to see a, a little bit of movement in those new clubs. Um, and, yeah, I think it's probably, it's, I'm sure it's for the best for everybody involved. Um, in that case. Yeah. And when you look at the first season of AFLW and where we are, where we were rather three years down the track. So if you have a look at the teams three years later, just before those introduction of the new teams came in, that people had moved around a fair bit. When, when you have a look at number of players who have two teams listed um, next Mm. to their name, it's, it's, there's quite a few. So like you said, I think it's a, a matter of, um, figuring out what works for you, what doesn't work for you, both as a club and a player, um, and going forward. We've said mm. it so many times. There's so much movement between AFLW clubs at the moment because of its infancy and because of what clubs need and what players need for the six months that they're actually contracted. Mm. Um, and I, I don't see that changing over the next couple of years either. No, yeah. and I think, like, um, yeah, I think it's a good thing. And I think just for players to remember that, just because they're not the right fit for a team at a, at a particular point in time doesn't mean that they're not up for AFLW. And I think, I think hopefully that kind of movement and that sort of way things are working now is encouraging for those players that do, you know, spend one or two years on the list and then back straight back out again. Because I think, oh, every team is looking for something different to get the right. You know, it's about like a bit of a dash of this and stir it around a little bit and then add a little bit more of that and sort of like. You just balance. Gotta, yeah, you just and every team's got different balance. So, I really hope that those players don't lose um, hope or anything when they when they are when they are put in that position, which isn't when it's not their call. Um, Geelong were quiet. They did some pick swaps with Melbourne, but uh, that was about it. Geelong have re-signed a large number of their 2020 playing list. Um, with two delistings and two retirees. Uh, and, the, and from what I can gather, I'm fairly certain that the others have all um, re-signed on for at least another year. Um, really quiet. And I, I wonder whether that has anything to do with the fact that, um, as we've already discussed, that they did lose both their female, female ops um, manager and one of their coaches, which I imagine doesn't lead for a huge amount of collaboration between a coaching panel and a list management position. Um, And and as we've said, you work with what you've got. I don't know. We don't know, but yeah, they were really quiet. And I think building on what they've got down there 
um, could be a stable option for them. Mm. I think also Geelong, I think they've stated from the outset that, you know, they, they want to build something sustainable. So again, you know, they, you would assume they would, they would have a multi-year plan. They, they, they would have had their eye on local talent there for the last few years. So I guess you just have to assume that they've, they've got a plan in place. And they're in that unique position where they are almost an interstate club from, from the Victorian teams where mm. they've got a whole other league to, to pick from that um, unless we're traveling down, down the highway um, that people aren't seeing here or not even worrying about. Um, so yeah, I think, I think Geelong have got the, the future to look forward to as well. Mm. Well, I think in true this AFL life style, uh, we've gone as about as in depth as we're going to go with <laughs> AFLW trades. Uh, we're not that great at preparing for these podcasts. <laughs> I have had, you know, I've been so busy, Al. I just haven't yeah, had time. Yeah, I know. To we've all been there, you know. Yeah. Um, but Hiba, you perhaps have something that you want to talk about. I have been thinking, you know, I might not have been preparing, but I've been thinking. And we have previously mentioned the fact that it is unlikely, not completely impossible, but unlikely that the AFLW will go into this same fashion as AFLM has done this year with the hubs happening. And I wondered whether 2021 is the year to get AFLW to be a winter sport whereby we give the girls a proper preseason with hopefully some, some match play and um, a couple of games under their belt before they're thrust into the limelight of, of the elite um, of the elite category. It gives the country time to get past COVID. It gets, it gives the players time to get past COVID and maybe a little bit of, a um, little bit of rest in between there as well, and perhaps to get them to a longer season. I know that that's somewhat controversial because we have been so proud about the fact that AFLW is its own entity away from AFLM and it's not on at the same time as the men's league. But I wonder whether, as we've previously mentioned, football in the near future is a collaboration instead of a competition. Mm. and whether or not it's time that we just kind of accept the fact that we we may need the men's league to to give us a bit of a boost at the moment and to um, maybe we put the women as curtain raisers to men's matches going going into 2021 thoughts queries qualms backlash well I no I like it I mean I'm I'm not I don't like curtain raisers I, I think I've mentioned that before I I, I it's the, it's the merging of the different types of supporters that I'm not down with. Um, but I, I am really super concerned about a, a rushed pre-season to get a summer competition. I, I'm, you know, again, like we've mentioned, I'm really worried about injury. And I think, a, I think you make some really good points that a winter season makes sense. It gives the girls a longer pre-season, gives... Um, especially us here in Melbourne, more time to get past this second, um, second wave. I think it makes a lot of sense. I mean, and, and, and that's not to say that it stays a winter competition, but, you know, I just think that 
they've missed too much football and I'm just worried about it being rushed. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think it would it would be great to do that. Um, I wonder if that statement, though, Hibbs, is a bit Melbourne-centric and I think we can't forget that mm. Victoria, oh, sorry, Victoria-centric. Even There was even footy happening out in the... Outside of Melbourne, not that long ago. Um, I just think that everyone else is working to the schedule of the summer season to then suddenly pull it. I know that a substantial amount of players play in Victoria, but I can't see that happening. Um, I wonder if it's going to be a bit of a suck it and see what happens, or I don't know. Mm. I think I think it's a great idea, and I'm like all for it, but. Um, I'm a bit of a realist, I suppose. And mm. I think there's still mm. a lot of footy happening outside of Victoria and a lot of, like, preparation and elite, you know, standard going on that to then just throw that out there might be interesting. Mm. But I think, yeah, I think my rebuttal to the... Um, I feel exactly the same way as Al in terms of the merged crowd, that AFLW and AFLM have completely different... Um, people interested in the entities. Um, But if there are no crowds or limited crowds, um, it might not be an issue, Mm. but who who knows? And that's, again, that's Victorian centered, but um, limited crowds interstate could, could be a thing. I don't know. And I I don't know. I agree, Caddy, but I also think that the percentage of players who actually have been in Melbourne during all of this time is more than half of the AFLW lists. You're right. At the moment. It is a significant amount, isn't it? Yeah. And so it's not just where the teams are based, but it's where they've been over the last six months. Yeah. Um, so I, I don't know. It's a really fascinating, yeah. Another thing that I would like to throw in is if you played AFLW in the winter, the flow-on effect that has for state leagues. True. So you would actually have more women playing football through winter because – the state league competition would support the AFLW competition. So we've talked about it ad nauseum um, Mm. for several years on this AFL life about how if you're not getting picked to play AFLW, you have to train your way back into the team. You don't have the opportunity to play at a lower level and get your hands on, you know, your hands on the footy. Mm -hmm. So winter competition Mm. next to Mm. a state league competition, that means you would need more top-up players for the state league clubs and, and players would have an opportunity to play actual football to get back into the team. Yeah. yeah. I, and I guess my main, my main feeling about all of this is that I want there to be collaboration going forward to just ensure that we have the platform to play the sport and whether that be at a VFLW, a VFL, an AFLW or an AFL level, I just think everyone needs to work together Mm. to make sure that the same opportunities are thrust to those who, who should be given them, I guess. Yeah. Um, So yeah, I don't know what Gil's thinking and I don't know what Nicole Livingston is thinking either, but it'll be really interesting to see what they come out with in the next, I reckon six to eight weeks about Mm. the, the season going, going ahead. Yes. I don't see the season happening without hubs but I also don't see the season happening with hubs at the moment. So yeah, it's a tricky one. Go forth. 
board members. Yeah. It would I be just, interesting to be a fly on the wall, wouldn't it, right now? To yeah. To hear the conversations that are happening. Yeah. I just hope the underlying guiding principle isn't a, isn't a financial one. I hope it's, f- like we've said, like what is the best for the game? What is the best for the women's game? I hope that is what guides all the decision-making. Yeah. And I hope, and I hope there are people involved in the men's game at the moment who will back that and say how beneficial it has been for the players to get involved and to be doing their job and to be providing for their families and all of that kind of stuff. I just hope that a couple of people speak up about the fact of the, the benefits that they have, they have personally received, regardless of how much revenue has actually come from it. Just to say that, you know, these are people with jobs and that, you know, it's just, it's just 2020. Yeah, in the bin. In, in the, bin. the bin. Put it in the bin. Um, well, I think we've pretty much covered as much as we can. And I don't know when the next episode is going to pop up. But look, our loyal listeners, if you, Those if four you people. have, if you have a topic, yeah, that you would like us to discuss, that can be our next episode. And we are open to all topics doesn't even have to be AFLW. It could be anything. Anything. I'll talk about anything. Especially Hiba. She really needs Hiba. to talk. <laughs> Hiba needs to get her talkie talk on. <laughs> Help. Okay. Well, thank you so much. And I guess we'll see you next time. Stay safe. Stay sane. Stay well. Wash your hands. Wear your mask. Do your yard time. <laughs> it's been lovely seeing you both. I've yeah. missed our chats. <laughs> nice Mwah. to see you. Bye. Bye.